Kia ora, kia ora, talo falava. Welcome to the Touch Project Podcast. My name is Pat. Welcome along to, what are we at now, episode 9. Uh, in this episode, we catch up with Connor Pamatato. Uh, funny story, actually. Uh, I remember when I first started uh, MCing Full Touch New Zealand back, Jingo's. I say Jingo's like it was 10 years ago. It was only like two years, <laughs> only two years ago. But I remember seeing um, Connor's last name. And it might have been for Connor, might have been for Chase, might have been... Um, yeah, just, you know, obviously a, quite a prominent name name in, in the Touch New Zealand circles. And so I remember coming across um, the bro's name uh, for the first time. Uh, and I was quite excited because I thought, oh, what a beautiful name, you know, beautiful last name. You know, I could wrap my wrap my cultural-ness uh, around this name. And I was so proud. And I'd end up being number, number 15, Konapamatato, you know, and I thought I was so flash. And for uh, every time, you know, either Kono or Chase or whoever would come uh, along on my, on my, you know, teamless names and i'd be reading out you know pamatato really really proud of that and i think i listened to the bros podcast um you know and i heard him say his name you know it's kind of pamatato and i was like mate i've been saying this name wrong this entire time so i remember i had a b uh connor's mum and i was like how do you say your last name because i think i've been saying it wrong and she's we, we were good by this point you know um friends and and she's like yeah mate i didn't want to say anything but yeah you've been saying it wrong and we all just sort of have a chuckle and and uh, we went through a bit of a, a, a bit of a pronunciation lesson so now i know how to say it. i'm a professional <laughs> so we catch up with the bro in this podcast um so back in 2014, I think um, Connor made his debut for Touch Blacks uh, for the Open Men's. Competed in the 15 and 19 World Cups representing New Zealand. Uh, more recently, uh, Touch Premiership is part of the Gold Coast Titans uh, in 2019. Uh, last year played in the NTLs for the Sharks, Gold Coast Sharks. So uh, the bro's resume is huge. Two gold medals at Nats here in New Zealand. Uh, back in 2014, he was a finalist for the New Zealand Māori Junior Sportsman of the Year Award. So, uh, yeah, in terms of touch resumes, this dude's certainly certainly stacked and, and it was a really good opportunity to sit down and chop it up with, with Connor and just talk touch for a bit. But also, I guess, uh, jump into um, where he's at from a, from a mental health point of view, uh, just in terms of the pressure and struggles that come with, you know, performing at a at an HP level and an international level. And I guess just life gets on top of you. As if, if there's probably a recurring theme that in every conversation we've had, especially with our players in the series thus far, it's that uh, it's not as easy to perform uh, at, at the level that they are and just go out there and do your thing it's just not as simple as that and there's certainly a toll that um, that competing at a high performance level takes on on you so it's been really cool to get that insight from all of our players and, and Connor t- touches on that um, in this episode so episode 9 enjoy this one Connor Pamatato uh, this is the Touch Project Kia ora. let's go to Australia now talk to my man Connor Connor's on the phone what's happening brother how are you Good thanks, bro. Busy, busy at the moment with everything going on over here. I know you're doing well though. How's the family? You're good. Yeah, they're good. This is still working. Um, Childcare three now over here, so it's just even better. Oh yo, take 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 advantage of these. Uh, these uh, <laughs> every, every uh, challenge comes with an opportunity, bro. Hundred percent. I guess first let's uh, let's get into into who you are as as an individual. Let's let's tell Connor's story, bro. So wind the clock back. What's the what's the what's the touch story like for you, bro? Um, so me personally, I got introduced to touch probably around 10 years old, um, in Upper Hutt, down in Wellington, um, just made a couple of mates down at Mesa Park at the local module that was running there at that point in time, just there, didn't have anything to do on Friday night, so I went there and 
yeah, but I never knew my parents, my dad had a background in, in touch footy, so I kind of just wanted to play with my mates at that point in time, didn't know what I was doing, and kind of just carried on from there, really. Your entire family is just blessed in terms of, of natural uh, ability in the sport, but you, you weren't aware of, of, of the old fella's sort of uh, fuck-a-papa in the sport? No, nah, I had no idea at that point in time anyway. Um, I, he, he would say that he's played touch before, but I never really, we never we were never really involved, like from what I can remember anyway. It wasn't until, yeah, we would move down to Wellington um, and mates were playing on Friday night, so... One week, I just rocked up, and oh, mum and dad took me down to Maidstone Park, and I, I filled in for a team. When did you kind of just got to? Sorry, when did you start taking it seriously? I guess so, kicking the ball around in the park versus sort of playing for your country, playing in in these these big league competitions. I guess uh, when did you? Was that when you fell in love with touch or? Not necessarily. I probably enjoyed it more with just playing with mates, and then I think yeah, I was ten when I first got introduced. Um, but it wasn't until or I. Went to the Wellington Rep Trials just for a bit of fun because um, our up-up module at that point in time wasn't affiliated to Touch New Zealand. Yeah. So I made the Wellington at 13 team and then I pulled out because you had to be affiliated, of course, to, to represent yeah. any of the regional teams. So, yeah, it was probably at 12. I kind of took it a bit more serious and it just went from there. I kind of wanted to make all these rep teams and, and things like that, but managed to make a couple and, yeah. Has has touch always, uh, you know, from that moment moving forward? I guess was was that always your priority for sport and and uh, and, and the the main code in your life? I suppose. Yeah, at that point in time, touch was the main sport. Um, I like I look back at it and I do wish I took rugby a bit bit more seriously. Um, just in terms of the avenues it opens up for for yourself and mm. for other people, but I don't don't regret anything. Um, but touch, yeah, was definitely my main sport because I knew I was. I was alright at it compared to a lot of other people, and it was quite a small sport. But um, yeah, it was mate too. Thought touch was an easy sport, and then they'll get to well, they end up playing a game, and they'll get dusted. So that's probably yeah. the best feeling, really, and what made me fall in love with the game. At what age were you when you found out that you know your old man and, and your family had a bit of a bit of an involvement in the in the sport at, at kind of a, a more sort of serious level? How old were you when that happened? Probably 11, 12. Um, Mum, yeah, mum and dad didn't really um, brag about the about them being involved with or touch, but they kind of just let us as kids fall in love with the sport. Um, yeah, me and my brothers and sisters fall in love with the sport, and we ended up making our own touch team, our own touch club down in Wellington, yeah. in Upper Hutt, and yeah, Saints Touch Club down in Upper Hutt, and then that's when we finally found out about the Saints Club that was um, that's been running for years. So um, yeah, that's that's the reason why we call it. Saints was because we all went to Catholic schools down in, in Wellington and our school was called St. Joseph, so that's why we named it the St. Touch Club. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's the reason why we got into touch really was to play with mates um, and then we create our own team just for, for fun and everything. What is it about touch that you love the most? Obviously, everyone says the people, and I get that, you know, the community and the whānau sort of vibe, but is there is there something about the fundamentals of the sport that you really enjoy? Is it the pace? Is it the uh, the fact that you're just a man? Like, what is it about touch that you love as a sport? Honestly, I like the little um, intricacies of the game, to be honest. Uh, um, manipulating defenders and people and um, just little mind games that you can play on, on people throughout the game. I think that's probably one of the key parts that I really like about the game and um, what I fell in love with. Yeah, just picking apart little uh, defences uh, defenses and, and teams, picking them apart and scoring, really. Yeah, That's what I really enjoyed. 
because you you were uh, you were picked up and 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 got a, an opportunity to play uh, in the touchbacks quite young. Eh? How old were you when you when you sort of got the call up? Uh, I got the call up. Uh, I got called to the trials in twenty thirteen, I believe. Um, I was sixteen at that point in time. Wow! And then yeah, made my debut at seventeen and twenty fourteen and Mudgee, um, just after Super Trend. So. That that's uh, that's some intense pressure for for a sixteen year old to be trialing at a touch blacks level, and then of course to make your debut quite young. Uh, how how was that for you? Like, firstly, when did you get the call, or did you get an email, or how did you find out that they wanted you to trial? So it was after the NZ Seventeen tour um, to NYC. Yeah, uh, we had a pretty solid team, and that went there. We had the likes of Tamatoa, um, Cody Mahuika, Sean Law, Cullen Law. Um, and a, a lot of other really good players that were there. And um, a couple of us got asked to go to the trial because a lot of the old boys pulled out after winning Super Trend. Yeah. And they kind of took the year off leading into the World Cup. So um, there was a lot of options, a lot of positions up for grabs. So they, um, yeah, they pretty much gave us the invite. And while we took it with both hands, um, I know Cody and Tamatoa, they both made that, that original um, squad for 2014 transfers, but had to pull out for for um, their personal reasons. Mm. And, and and I guess when you get the call up and you and you head into you head into camp, I guess what's that what's that vibe like being the young buck, uh, being surrounded by you know some of the goats? Like what how, how did, what was that vibe like? It was amazing, eh? So I think Ed and Kane, Ed Burrell and Kane Rangi kind of helped me out quite the most at that point in time because I was trialing at middle and. Yeah, being a 16-year-old going to a Tusplex trial in the middle, I was pretty, pretty nervous. Um, I didn't really know the key parts of the game, and I'm still still learning to this day. But yeah, those two really helped me out at, uh, at my first trial, and yeah, I probably put it down to those two kind of leading me into mm. the Tusplex squad and making me feel comfortable. So I got some intel, uh, Connor, and uh, I've got a bit of a story here that I just want you to finish. So how did you come across the number you wear as a touch black, and, and what's the story behind that? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I, I wear 15 because um, mm. one of the reasons is Tivis Tivoli Guthrie was my favourite player growing up. Mm. Um, I enjoyed his, enjoyed his his game, and um, that's the main reason why – oh, not the main reason, but mm. it's one of the reasons why – um when I was 15, but also at that point in time, I was, I was loved up to my partner <laughs> now. So, um, and her favorite number was 15. So, I ended up choosing that number 15 for that reason, but also because, yeah, Tiff was my favorite player um, growing up. And he, yeah, he's the reason why we're number 15 too. Mm, but, but 14 is quite a significant number because that's your old lady's birthday or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's the, my, my mum's born on December the 14th. But also, um, my younger brother who passed away is born on December the fourteenth. So I had a I had a couple of numbers growing up. Yeah. Though, so yeah. I yeah, I wore number one for a wee while, and then wore number seven because um, Tiwi Tiwi was living down in Wellington, and he, he was one of my idols, one of my role models growing up, and he wore number seven, so I wore number seven for mm. because um, of him and um, Cody Apodi. Um, they both wore number seven, so. Those two were kind of my role models growing up playing the game in Wellington. You know, and the, then I decided to yeah go to fifteen. You know, the old lady's still pretty dark about that, eh? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> she always reminds me. Yeah, she she tried to she tried to tell me she goes, oh, you know, it's it's fine now. I'm over it, but really, I, I heard it in the tone. But, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's her. 
Yeah. Um, so, so you're at the touch blacks level, I guess uh, you've cracked it. You're, you're playing now with some of your idols against, you know, Australia. And, and, and I guess it's, it's, it's gotta be, um, one of the highlights, I guess, of, of your career to date. There certainly have to have been some, some other cool things that have happened. Can you just, uh, run us through some of the, some of the highlights of what you've been able to achieve so far? Yeah, definitely my debut. Um, just, yeah, back to my debut, uh, Steve Roberts was playing and um, I gave him like a, he like fumbled the ball in mid-air and I gave him a quick jab to, to the gut. Um, <laughs> and I was, bit, I was I was starstruck playing against the likes of Dills, um, Drum and Steve, but probably a bit more about, oh, a, bit more, a bit more starstruck around Steve because I knew he was the captain of Australia, best team in the world at this point in time. And um, yeah, but he, he responded by saying it was a good, it was a good, good hit boy. Um, and then <laughs> from then on, it was, my nerves kind of died down, but that yeah, my debut is definitely my highlight. But also playing at the the World Cup final in twenty twenty fifteen for the Open Mix. Mm. Is uh, do you prefer to play mixed or, or what's the what's the go there? Uh, so after twenty fourteen, I got got released from the men's squad and um, got told um, Lungers was going to give me a call to give mixed a try. And of course, you know, I wanted to go play at the World Cup, so and I wanted to give mixed a crack. But also because I was playing in the Wellington Open Mix. At, mm. at that time, um, been playing there for three years, and that went over the mixed side, and we're doing pretty well at that point in time. Um, we were, yeah, making the final. I think we made the final three years in a row, and then won one. So I was quite, um, yeah, I was really familiar with the the mixed game. So yeah. I really enjoyed it, and yeah, loved the loved the mixed opportunity in in 2015. What's the what's the the big difference? I guess because I asked the same question as Shah. Um, you know, when I had a chat with her, because obviously she yeah. she she rocked the mix for a bit and, and then sort of fell into, uh, or jumped rather into women's, and that's now her lane. Uh, I, I always I always ask people the the difference in dynamic between playing mixed grade and either men's or women's. Lots of people, you know, in prep for this yana sort of asked, you know, describe you know Connor's ability, and some of them say that you you're just a natural mixed player, like you really uh, adapt to that that grade really well. Do you enjoy playing it, or is it just a, until men's comes, you know? opportunity to get back into men's grades come along that this is where I'm sitting but I'm ready to jump um, I think I, I, the thing I love about the mixed game is the thinking that you have to put in um, I think you have to think a lot more uh, than mixed because you've got the mismatches everywhere um, both offensively and defensively I think you've got to think a lot more but in the men's game you've got to think a lot faster mm. and it's a lot more fast paced so that's probably what I enjoy most about the, the men's game is how fast you have to think and the percentage game you got to play where it comes down to how many sets you complete. Yet yeah, in the mixed game, you can you can flick a switch and you might be able to score a long range try because a long range touchdown because you, you get a mismatch. Yeah. Um, but with the men's game, it comes down to a lot of the time it comes down to the grind and who wins that orange zone. Your preference, though, I guess is 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 it is it you'd would you rather play open men's or or you don't really mind where you end up as long as you you have a good go. I'd definitely rather play open men, but any opportunity to pull on that black singlet is, is a privilege. Mm. And if I don't make the open men squad um, next time, next time it comes around, the opportunity comes around, then if I get called into the, the mixed squad, then I definitely take that with, with two hands and and take take that opportunity. Yeah, who are some of the uh, some of the coaches that you played uh, played under that you you know really admired? Is it something about their school that? that sort of brought out the best in you? Are there some, some stories you can share with us about some of the coaches you've played for? My dad has definitely got to be the best coach I've, that I've had. Um, he's taught me all the, 
all the basics and um, that touch comes down to about all the basics really. So, yeah, Dad's giving me the best coach that, that I've had, but I've really enjoyed having Rahul as coach. Um, mm-hmm. He's kind of turned the basics and flipped flip, flip the switch on them. He's, he's allowed us to be a lot more skillful and he's teaching us a lot more skill-based work um, and letting our, our natural ability kind of take over while also keeping it quite fresh within the Tusk Black squad. Is there is there a coach that you wish that you'd had the opportunity to play under or that you still would love to play under that, that's out there that you think, yo, I'd love to go a couple seasons under you? Honestly, I'd, I'd love to be coached by Tony Trad. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and, uh, and Peter Mack as well. Like Peter Mack's been there and he's, he's taught me a lot, a lot too, but to be a part of his team would be, be amazing as well. But yeah, I'd definitely like to be um, coached by Tony Trad and just to pick his brain on how he sees the game. Peter Mack's still coaching. You just got to come home, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And I've got to go play playing up, but nah, yeah. all right. Yeah, do. <laughs> Don't be like that. Um, <laughs> let's walk through some of, I guess, there certainly had to have been some challenges for you along the way um, that, that sort of, uh, that you've had to overcome. What have some of those been like? Um, probably the biggest challenge was um, sitting down, probably the past year, past year, sitting out the World Cup final in 2019. That was probably the biggest challenge I've had to overcome. Mm. So it was, it was a big mental battle um, after and during it, but I did try to keep a straight a straight face and try to stay strong for my teammates because I knew we could go out there and get the job done. But yeah, what was uh, what were your thoughts on the NRL? Um, you know, touch premiership. What, what do you what do you reckon about that competition? Are you a fan or? I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Um, it gets more viewers onto um, touch footy, and there's nothing wrong with having a lot more viewers yeah. um, to our sport. Um, any type of marketing is is good for our game and growing our game. Because I guess over in Australia, a whole different landscape in terms of how they roll out a touch versus sort of the window of opportunity we have here in New Zealand. And I know things are changing, obviously, with the intro of, of NRL Touch and then, uh, you know, you've got the Premier Touch League that they rolled out for the first time last year. I guess things are starting to move in the right direction. But I'm just uh, curious as to your thoughts on the difference in uh, approach that New Zealand takes to Australia and what's it, what's it like playing in New Zealand versus Australia? Probably the key difference in terms of the game itself is just the speed over here and how much running we have to do. Mm. Um, you go out to our modules and our, our, I play for a kickback over here in our, in our club module and in our final playing against the likes of Pete Norman, um, Jaden Love and Drummy and, and Dills comes down to play a couple of games and, and things like that where you're playing against players like that week in, week out. I know we have that out of ET and, and uh, the Pukadonga modules in Auckland at this point in time, but the fact that a lot of modules over here are having that, have been having that for for years and years and years, yeah. it just trickles down to, to the junior grades, and then they see these guys and they're their role models. And we have the same thing in New Zealand. It's just we do it year round over here, and mm. that's probably probably the only key difference, really. Do you think that uh, New Zealand could ever get to that level? I guess of of, of what you're experiencing in Australia at the moment. Do you think? Um, you know, more competition, obviously. The introduction of PTL, I guess, is certainly going to help push it in the right direction. But, um, you know, is it is it just more regular, you know, elite competitions to get us closer to where Australia seems to be at? What are your thoughts? Yeah, def- uh, definitely. Just uh, just more regular games at the elite level, but it's also spreading the talent around um, where you've got and creating rivalries with, within each, each kind of district. Um, uh, yeah, we got rivalries between teams, but it's like the likes over here. We've got Gold Coast, and then we've got um, Brisbane, and then 
you got Palm Beach, which is just down there, still on the Gold Coast, but just the rivalries between each player, the competitiveness mm. at each module is at the modules and, and our rep, rep grades over here is, wouldn't say it's on a whole nother level, but the the talent spread right around the park that it's anybody's anybody's game on the day. Yeah. Who's the who's the best player you've you've been able to pull a singlet on with and play alongside? Could be club, could be province, could be nationals, but uh, who do you reckon is, is uh, the best player that you played with? Probably the two best two best players would be Mitz and Cav, um, hands down. Cav I think is the best winger in the world and that I think it's quite a lot of people think he's the best winger in the world. Um and then Mitz just his leadership ability that he shows it's it's not even his, his game itself, it's just the way he carries himself. Mm. He he lets, he makes us better men, which is exactly what we want in the leader and he he does that to the T. Who's the best Australian you've played against? Steve Roberts. Oh, he stills, but everybody knows who Dills is and but I think it's just the little parts that I really like of Steve Roberts' game. I ask everybody this because I'm really interested to hear the different, I guess, um, approaches that people take to dealing with pressure. And I'm interested because somebody like yourself who, who have played, you know, the big games on the big stages and with the big people and, and you've and you've certainly achieved a lot in in your career, how do you deal with pressure? I think it's just trying to pick up my confidence. Lately it hasn't been too high, so I haven't really been able to deal with pressure a, a lot um, as well that I have wanted to within the past couple of seasons. But previously I used to, I, I loved it and um, it's probably just, getting my confidence up, talking to, to my teammates, but then reassuring them that I'm here to do a job and I can I can do that job under all that pressure. Mm. Uh, one of the things that um, I'm keen to sort of have a yarn with you about is, is, is something that you've been quite open on discussing sort of on, on your podcast as well as sort of just through social media is, is, you know, life outside of touch, but how to leverage off your involvement in the game and, and, and you know, have some side hustles on the go and, and you're certainly doing that with your uh, clothing label and all of the things that you've got going on at the moment. How's that, uh, how's that been for you in terms of rolling out your own business, starting on your own dime, doing your own thing? It's been good. I've been enjoying it. Just I'm learning quite a lot within the short amount of time. But yeah, it's like I'm trying to use FK as, as um, a business where I can promote touch in a different way, but then also create my own personal brand where people might be able, might be interested in it. Yeah. Um, I'm also using touch, um, well, my, my leverage in, within touch and trying to pull, yeah, an audience from there. But it's, it's, I'm really enjoying it. I'm loving it. I know one day I hope to, I hope to see touch being, us getting paid to play touch and, and things like that, whether it be the future generations and all that. And I'm hoping FK can help that. And myself, as with my personal brand, hopefully that can help, yeah, either us get paid, you know, $20 a game or, yeah. or things like that. But I just hope something happens within the future where kids in the future can pursue a career in touch footy. Yeah. As well, there's a story behind FKA. Eh? What's what's the go there? Um, so it's a family phrase, means four keeps. Um, we say, if we say the phrase whenever in times of times of hardship, I guess, but especially during sporting moments, um, sporting tournaments, just to go out there and play for keeps, um, just to leave everything out there on the field, really. Mm. And um, I've kind of transitioned it to yeah, leaving everything out there, whether it be at home on the sporting field or even just at, at mahi at work, just putting your yeah, putting your best foot forward and, and improving and growing. Were you vulnerable putting uh, putting something that means so much to you and your family out there and allowing other people to, to kind of share in that, um, you know, that, that kind of taonga that you have within your family, like the whole 
the co-papa behind FK. Uh, it's a beautiful story, but that's, if that was sort of my story, I'd, I'd be real protective about that. How did you uh, approach putting that out there for everybody to have a piece? Uh, well, everybody knows who our family is, and we're a pretty open, yeah. open family. Um, we don't really hide hide too much. So, yeah, but putting it out there at that at point in time, I didn't want to, mm. but I thought, oh, why not? There's, I've got nothing to lose, but everything everything came from it. Mm. Um, it's still going to mean a lot more to us than it will to somebody else out there. So, it's not going to affect how it means to uh, the meaning behind it for our family, but it may affect somebody else out there. So. For the young brown kid that's got a got a long Polynesian last name like you that loves the game and is keen to to do some really cool things similar to ha- ha- what you've done, what advice would you give that kid? What would you what would you say to them to encourage them to to do what you're doing? Step out of your comfort zone. Um, don't be too shy to to go and try new things. I know growing up for me personally, if I stepped out of my comfort zone, most of the time you'd get mocked. So um, don't be afraid to to get mocked and. Yeah, so you're only going to grow from it. There's never any failures. It's only only development and growing. Mm. What does the future look like for you? You still got you still got a few seasons in you, or what's the plan? Yeah, I definitely got a few more seasons in me. I just taken this season off just to focus on oh, my mental health, my family, um, SK itself, and yeah. So I've definitely got plenty more seasons in me, and um, hopefully uh, within the next couple of months, I have got something coming up with with SK where hopefully you will follow. Follow my personal journey on, on my comeback, I guess. I keep saying to you on Instagram, mate, you got to get the 5XL shirts, bro, and then I'll buy one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this uh, this 2XL business, buddy. You're not getting no money from me, bro. <laughs> so now you've, you've got try, South, mate, family in South Auckland, bro. 2XL's not going to cut it. <laughs> yeah, I know what my family's been telling me as well. Sort it out. These hoodies, mate, I put that on, look like a hanky. Come on, mate. <laughs> Hey, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to, to hear where you're at and, and you sound like you're in a really good place, bro. And, and I'm really, uh, really stoked for you and the, and the fans and, and uh, really love watching uh, what you're doing online. And, and I get I guess I get to live vicariously through the updates online, but it's really good, obviously, with the family connection just to, to hear that you're doing well and, and see that you're doing well. And now to get you on the podcast, bro, I appreciate you sharing and getting amongst it, bro. It's, uh, it sounds really exciting in terms of your future. And, and I love that you're still involved in the game and looking forward to seeing you at a touchback singlet on uh, real soon. No, I appreciate it, mate. I appreciate um, being invited onto this podcast, and I know it's only going to do wonders for the game in the next however long. Um, so no, I appreciate it, bro. Well, good. Let's uh, looking forward to getting my five XL hoodie, and I'm looking forward to uh, <laughs> to the Pat Spellman FK podcast episode, bro. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sweet, bro. Thank you very much for your time. You stay safe. We'll talk soon. Thanks, bro. You too. <laughs>